Welcome, 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 Bears fans. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And here we are for another episode of Bears Gap. Yeah. <laughs> happy, uh, happy holidays to everybody out there. Happy holidays. Hope everybody had a nice holiday season. Holly uh, jolly. Hopefully you didn't get caught at the airport for six days. <laughs> um, and that you have to spend some time with your family or friends or whoever you like to spend the holidays with. So um, thank you for tuning in for another week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Bears underscore scat. Uh, a lot going on with the Bears. Uh, yep. The least exciting of which relates to the actual play on the field. Um, <laughs> but that's where I think we should at least start. Um, Awful game. Another another loss. Uh, game that the Bears actually found a way to hang around in a little bit. Uh, but at the end of the day, the better team took over and ended up winning the game. Uh, kind of been the story of the year, uh, so just another one to check off the list as we march towards the off season. Uh, any reactions from the game? I didn't really have too much. Yeah, so I mean, it was one of the worst games of the year. Um, uh, the Bills dominated in just about every facet of it. Uh, you know, they completely shut down the run game. Yeah. Uh, the passing game was was poor. Uh, their defensive line um, showed out. Uh, it was just, it was just not a good game. It was obviously a huge difference in talent level. Um, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. There, there's no doubt about that. And the bears are one of the worst and the bears are one of the worst. Um, you know, at this point, all I want to see is, well, I mean, you and I have been pretty much been on the same page and that is, we just want to see improvement in the, of the team. We want to see them be competitive. We want to see Justin Fields get experience and expand. And I think for the most part throughout the year, that's happened. I, I think so. I, I thought Fields played uh, a good game. Uh, he didn't really have a lot of opportunities to throw. The game plan was very conservative. And as you said, the Bills kind of controlled the run game, which basically made the Bears offense. I mean, the, Bear, the Bears didn't really get anything done on offense after the first drive. Um, but Another first drive? Another first drive that was scoring drive yeah it seems like they always start fast which is is good it's just that you'd like to see that be sustained a little bit more absolutely um but it's also tough when you just consider the talent difference between who the bears are lining up versus the bills who have one of the best defenses in the league uh it it just it just showed the bears were overmatched on offense but it was also a good game for some of the younger players as well. I mean, Kylo Gordon had a really good game, had another turnover. Brisker made some plays. Uh, he, he made the one mistake that led to the long touchdown run, but I think he's still developing. I think overall he, he played fine and has played really well. Bayless Jones had his best game, had a couple of nice kick returns, and had the long reception, which we've kind of been waiting for. So there's not a lot of players out there that, really matter all that much i thought the most important ones that were playing had a had a decent game it's just that the bears are overmatched from a talent perspective uh they did hang around i mean josh allen was was awful he he threw what two picks yep um and that, that kind of helped the bears stay in the game and i mean the bears had chances to put more points on the board it was just that there was a lot of really conservative play calls and you know we're, we're staring at another loss so so um it's interesting that you bring that up because I felt that way when I was watching the game. But uh, when I was reading um, Biggs this week, uh, he said that he felt that it wasn't that way. 
He felt that they were just trying to do what they have done as far as they are the number one rushing team in the NFL. Uh, they were trying to, you know, they kept trying to establish the run. Yeah. Um, and the Bills came in with a game plan, and they point blank said it after the game. We wanted to make Justin Fields throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that you know, that's what they did. And they knew that that would be much harder for him than running the ball. And at this, at this point in his career, it is. Now, that doesn't mean that it, you, you don't have to look at it from a negative standpoint and say, well, that's the way it's always going to be. Of course not. He's learning. But they, they came in, and they were also able to get pressure. Uh, you know, that, ma- that makes a huge difference. Their D-backs are good. Our receivers are meh. Yeah. Well, and, and the weather, too, is another big factor. It was yep. brutally cold and windy. And, I mean, the Bills went were able to get pressure anytime the Bears did drop back to throw. I mean, the Bears were starting Schofield, Borum. Like, <laughs> you, you've got a, a ragtag group at offensive line. And, like you said, I mean, all, all the, the receivers they're, they're throwing out there are just guys off the street at this point. Basically. Guys. Uh, even even Equinemius St. Brown didn't play. So Guy. We're down to, uh, <laughs> we're, we're down to, you know, the, the very bottom of the barrel when you, when you talk about, we, we didn't even have our number one guy, Equinemius yeah. St. Brown. I mean, the, one of the biggest plays of the game was the fourth down and the uh, fields is throwing a pass to Ryan Griffin. I mean, <laughs> so, you, you know, you, I, I agree with, with what Big said. I mean, the the one thing that the Bears have been able to do this year is run, but now they're down to a lot of second strings on the line, and the Bills are one of the few defenses, I think, that can control Justin Fields while also being able to stop other running plays. I mean, there's plenty of teams that line up every week that say, well, we just need to stop Fields. It's just not everyone's able to do it because right. Justin Fields is really good, but the Bills have a defense that's capable of that. The Bears, you know, just they're, they're very one-dimensional at the moment because of just lack of talent on the offense, and it, it makes it even harder when you're playing in a just frozen tundra that nobody looks comfortable in. So yep. I, I don't think it's anything to really be alarmed about. Um, I, I think that I personally would have liked to see them try to – get more yards through the air but for whatever reason they they didn't want to so um it's it's just kind of one of those games that i think nobody will hopefully remember and we just <laughs> got 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 out of it fields got some some more good experience and i mean like i said just one game closer to this this season being over yeah it, 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 i mean you hit the nail on the head when you said you know this is going to be a game that we're going to forget about it it's it's towards the end of the season we have a big losing season even though uh, we watch the games and we want our guys to win while the game is going on, we both know that it's a better thing that they lost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the tankathon continues, uh, and we've had some fortunate uh, fall fallings in the tankathon in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we'll get so, into that. So, yeah, we'll get into that. But uh, the the thing is, is that uh, all 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 that that counts for at this point is to get fields out there and, you know, he's playing against a top defense and get that experience. Mm-hmm. And, and I do like that Flus has just come out point blank and said, if fields is healthy, he's playing. Yeah. And I love that because that's what that kid has got to do. 
sitting him down and having one of the backups play, it, it doesn't make any sense. Not even in the last game of the season. Because you, you got to have him get as much game experience as he can. Now, at the same time, if it's unsafe for him to play, that's a, that's a different question. But otherwise, hey, um, you know, everybody else had to do it. You know, Peyton Manning went 1-15 in his first season. So, uh, and he started every single snap that year. Yeah. He was the only quarterback that year that actually started every snap. So... Oh, and shout out to Braxton Jones for him continuing. He is the only player on the team that has taken every snap at his position. Yeah, I didn't realize that. That's impressive. Um, But when you talk about sitting fields, it gets into the next thing that I I really wanted to talk about here is just, are we at the point now where we just have to sit there and just root for losses? Like, I I, I know that's no fun, but... (laughs) The Bears are are so live to get the first pick in the draft. I mean, all that needs to happen is the Bears need to lose the last two and the Texans need to get one more win. And the Texans are playing the Jaguars this week who have absolutely nothing to play for this week. It's a meaningless game for them. And the last game the Texans play is against Jeff Saturday and Nick Foles. (laughs) So I don't know if the Texans are bad enough to lose consecutive games to a team that isn't trying and Nick Foles. So if the Bears can find a way to lose these last two, which I think they're probably going to be underdogs, uh, then you're going to end up with the number one pick. And then Ryan Poles can sit back on his couch and say, send me your best offers because everybody's going to want this first overall pick. I I don't know if if you watched the Sugar Bowl at all today, but Bryce Young just put on an absolute clinic against uh, Kansas State. That helps us. And, and so I think that he has cemented himself as the first overall pick, and I think teams are, are going to be lining up to trade for a pick where they can draft him. So I, I think that the Bears, just as much as it stinks to want your team to lose, they're, they're not any closer to a, a championship by beating the Lions or beating the Vikings this year. Absolutely so. not. I think I, I know that I, I'm going to be kind of just hoping Fields plays well and hoping enough goes wrong elsewhere. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and you know, like I said, you just, while the game, obviously we'll always cheer for our guys. But, yeah. you know, it, it makes more sense for them to lose. They need to lose the last two games because it keeps us in the spot of at least two and it, and it could end, this, end up putting us in the spot of one. Mm-hmm. Either spot is going to be a, a, a spot where one of the two quarterbacks is going to go. Yep. I don't buy into any of the buzz out there that somehow uh, those two quarterbacks aren't going to go one and two. I don't buy into it a, 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 even a little. And the reason is, is because every year I watch the draft and every year I watch where quarterbacks start out the off season and in third round. And the, by the time we get to the draft in April, at the end of April, they're in the first round. Yeah. The, the quarterback phenomena is not repeated at any other position. Like it is at that particular position. Players go through the roof. Um, and you know, the thing is, is that that's because it is the most important position. Yeah. And when it comes right down to it, that's, there is, um, 
you know, there's somewhere around 15, 16, 17 different teams that are going to need a quarterback. Yeah, every year. And somebody is going to be willing to say, you know what, uh, we, we've got a lot of pieces here. We need to move up. You know, you know, Miami, Miami looked like they had their starter, but the way I understand it, Tua had, just had his third concussion this year. Yep. Wow. Um, you know, I don't know, but what you know, that's at some point, if I'm a player, I would have to be like, I think I need to think about my brain because right. what is he? Twenty three years old? Yeah, I mean, then the one that was the ugliest. Was, oh yeah, was him getting be... carted off. Yeah. But... Yeah, he was concussed again against uh, Green Bay, and he's he's out this week. He, he's not going to play the rest of the year. There's there's no way I don't think that after all of the flack that the Dolphins got for how they handled it the first time, now that he's got another concussion, I don't I don't think he can throw him back out there. I think yeah. that you, you gotta he's shut down for the season. I, I would think so. But yeah, it, your point is exactly right about the quarterback and. You know, it, it probably will be Young and Stroud. I'm sure somebody else will fly up the draft board, too. It always happens. I mean, ask the Jets about Zach Wilson. It was, <laughs> it, it was like, from like the time they were in like junior high, it was like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are going to go one and two. And then all of a sudden, Zach Wilson comes out of nowhere. The Jets draft him and ask them how they feel about that right now. But yeah. the point is that those this is a draft where there are a lot of quarterbacks that are going to go in the first round. Trey Lance, too. Yeah. People were thinking Trey Lance was probably going to be a second-round pick because he played hardly at all in college. Yeah. You know, and I mean, while he has all the intangibles, you know, uh, I mean, I, I saw, so they did a redraft uh, a couple of weeks ago on ESPN, and with hindsight... And Justin Fields was selected number two overall. Of course. By that, the Jets. Well, that's what everybody thought was going to happen. And yeah. then teams just overthink this stuff, I think. And the reason is obvious, because if, if you get that guy and you've got your franchise quarterback, then you're set for the next 10, 15 years. But also, you can overthink it. You can end up with Jared Goff or Zach Wilson, and then you're setting your franchise back another four years because you've got to wait for that guy to show that he wasn't supposed to be drafted there, and, and then you're back at square one. So right. the, the point being for the Bears, like, if, if they get that first overall pick, like, they might be able to trade that back, like, twice. Like, like they could get a haul from the Texans to go from one to two, yep. and then some other team might trade up for the two picks. So the Bears could end up, like, picking fifth and end up with, like, six more draft picks in the first and second round over the next two years. I mean... That's how you build around a quarterback. That's what the Dolphins did with Tua. I can't remember exactly how this all worked, but they ended up trading back, and that's how they got Jalen Waddell, and they got a couple of other really good building blocks too. And you've seen the Dolphins turn themselves around, and unfortunately the Tua circumstances is really unfortunate, but it's still a team that might make the playoffs this year. Yeah. So um, if the Bears can maximize the value of whatever pick, I would just hate to see a meaningless win against the Vikings push them from potentially one to like five. Like that, that just that would suck. Would really not. I mean, someone was uh, showing me. Uh, I can't remember who this was, but it was tweeted out like three years ago. The Jets were like zero and twelve, and they ended up winning two games in a row at the, at the end of the year. And that's the reason why they ended up picking two instead of one. So they ended up with Zach Wilson instead of Trevor Lawrence. 
It's like, huge. Yeah, I mean, the Bears, right? I remember the year they drafted Mitch. The reason was because they beat, a, they beat San Francisco in, like, week 14. San Francisco ended up picking second. The Bears ended up with the – or, sorry, the Bears ended up picking second. San Francisco was third. And uh, the Bears, the Bears traded up had to two. trade up. Yeah, yeah exactly. So um, these meaningless games at the end of the year, I mean, they can have pretty significant ramifications. And I don't know. I You, you never want to sit there and, and root for losses. And like you said, during the game, I'm going to be hoping that the guys do well. But yeah. the Bears are, are one of the worst teams in the league from a talent perspective. They're certainly worse on paper than both the Lions and the Vikings. You just kind of hope that the opponent finds a way, and then hopefully this is the last time we have to have a conversation like this for the next 10 years because the Bears are able to get so much talent this offseason that they're set up to you know, be picking at the end of the first round as opposed yeah, to the beginning. Yeah, and I mean, just to touch on that, you know, uh, once again, we are in uncharted territory. Uh, you know, when we started... Uh, uh, when we started talking about this year, uh, after the former regime was fired, uh, you and I both, you know, primarily talked about what we wanted to see from Justin Fields. I feel like we've seen more, so, some of that and more. Um, I think his growth this year has been phenomenal, especially with what he's had to work with. Yeah. Um, and so we were on uncharted, uncharted territory then because Bears fans had never had an athlete like that playing quarterback before. Right. Uh, not to mention a, a kid that had the accolades that he did. It, it had never happened. And this year we're in that same uncharted territory because we're getting to go into the next season without picking a quarterback we don't have to go into that going who's gonna start i think we got a little taste of that after the 18 season where it looked like trubisky might be the guy yeah. you know he had had kind of a, a rough year but but it wasn't terrible and i he, mean if you go back and look at it, it it wasn't terrible and there were flashes i mean and there was flashes right i mean he's he's not like the worst guy out there uh, you know that's that's the I mean, Trubisky critics can say what they want. You're not looking very hard if you think he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. Because right. there's like five guys that are probably worse than him. But um, The Cardinals are starting David Blau this week. Like, yeah. Who? Yeah. <laughs> what? You know, I mean, so, you know, the, 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 the point being that we get to go into this season going, this is our guy, period. There's not a question. There's no controversy. He is our guy. Now, we have the guy. He's proven himself. Give him some stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because it's so clear when you see the Bears go against teams like the Eagles or the Bills or the Cowboys earlier this year, um, th those teams are just on another level in terms of talent. Uh, can the Bears hang around with teams that are mediocre? Yeah, absolutely, because the quarterback's awesome, and they've got a good running game, and they, they can keep it close, especially if they get some turnover luck. But we've seen this year that when the Bears go up against the best of the best, they're just clearly overmatched. So 
the goal would be to not have to say that anymore. <laughs> and the way that you get there is by having a lot of draft picks and by spending money wisely in free agency. So I think that at this point of the year, when we're sitting here at 3-12, and 12, my, my opinion is that you just kind of hope that you end up at that three and 14 mark yep. the 17th game still always throws me off like yeah. it, it's yep. my, but anyway uh that's kind of what i, I hope is gonna happen I, I mean i think this game in detroit could be fun i think that both teams could score a lot of points because neither defense is very good and you know you got a couple of teams that can at least run the ball and you know detroit they're not eliminated closer, though who detroit? detroit no this is a huge game for detroit yeah. you know and they've been playing well yeah i mean and they they put uh, themselves in a tougher spot by losing to Carolina. How last did they week. get destroyed by Carolina? Yeah, they got they got crushed. I mean, it was just didn't even get off the bus. I mean, they just got they just <laughs> got run over. I mean, Detroit's a team that's supposed to be physical, and they just got completely overpowered by yeah. Carolina. But no, they are still alive. If they win out, they need a little help. But if if they win out, and I think if Washington loses a game, Detroit can still get in. So not not the craziest thing in the world, but. It's a game that Detroit absolutely has to have, and then we're going to see how you know what the Vikings have to play for in weeks eighteen. Uh, that game could still matter for them if they win this week in Lambeau, which we'll talk about that game in a little bit. But I think the Bears are going to be playing teams that are motivated. I, I don't think the Vikings are going to be sitting their starters. Um, it's just basically can can Fields find a way to win a game kind of by himself and. Based on what we've seen from him, that's that's possible. That's possible. I mean, he, he's had a lot of games this year. How where, cool is it to be able to say yeah, that? Yeah, he's had a lot of games this year where the Bears have been really close. I mean, uh, there was a lot of tweet, a lot of Twitter chatter during the last game. I, I think the Bears blog tweeted something out to the effect of the Bears aren't that far away, and, and I think there's something to that. I think they're further away than than people think. I mean, yeah, I I, I, I saw that from DBB yeah. and. When I first saw it, I kind of agreed, but when I took a second thought on it, I disagreed. Yeah, exactly. I know they've been they've in got some, a lot. They've got some promising pieces. Yeah, and they've been in almost every game, but you, you don't get to 3-12 and 12 by accident. Right. Like you, You've got to be really, really bad to only win three or four games in the NFL. And I, I think, you know, in, in, in the gist of what he was trying to say, I think, is that we have been competitive and there's been... Uh, you know, several games that have come down to, you know, right right at the wire that if they would have gone our way like the Vikings are thriving off of this year, we, we could be right there. The team still needs a ton of personnel. But I, I'm certainly full of hope. I, I agree. And I, I think that this offseason is going to be really fun. And I'm excited to see what direction the Bears take it. It's a good transition because I know another thing that's been getting a lot of buzz is the fact that it seems like the Raiders might be blowing some things up. I know that <laughs> they've decided to bench Derek Carr. Uh, whatever whatever they say the reason is, the real reason is because they're planning to move on from him in the offseason. And if he gets hurt, then his salary next year is guaranteed. So oh. they're not going to play him uh, regardless of what they say the reason is. That's the real reason. So yeah, he he not only did that, but they just told him to leave. Yeah, no, they're they're not even. <laughs> he's he is not going to be dressed. So I think we've seen the last of Derek Carr as a Raider, and so that then begs the question: what 
Hey, Bears fans, remember plan. when a bunch of you were cheering that we might have Derek Carr as our starter? Well, and I don't think Carr's even been the biggest problem there. I think he's still a pretty good quarterback, but I would... He, he's he's decent. I, I think he's Fields. like 15 to 20. <laughs> yeah, I'd much rather have Justin Fields. Yeah. Uh, but, obviously, Devontae Adams just signed a huge contract with the Raiders. A big part of that was because him and Carr had a relationship. So, it, it kind of begs the question of... Are the Raiders now going to look to trade Adams in the offseason? And more than one, uh, you know, many people have suggested that the Bears would be a good trade partner. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Boo! (laughs) So I am Bears fans. Yes, right here you have negative Nelly when it comes to it. I have zero interest in bringing DeFonte Adams to the Bears. Yes, I know that he is supposedly one of the stud... Uh, receivers in the NFL and he certainly has had a good year this year he's 30 years old he doesn't fit the team right now they are looking to develop young players that's been Pole's position the entire pole position uh, the entire way and it for him to uh, for him to uh, suddenly flip that script uh, for a guy who would probably cost more than he is worth, uh, it, it makes no sense to me. I don't like the idea of doing it. And what is completely insane to me is trading the number two for the number nine and Adams. Yeah. That is nuts. And people are voted for that like crazy on Twitter. Yeah, so the Raiders, I think, if the season ended today, would have the nine pick. Yeah. So it would basically be swapping first-round picks, plus the Bears would get Adams. I, I, everything you said makes sense to me. Uh, if, if the Bears did trade for Adams, it would be really fun. It's still uh, a top-five receiver. Uh, he probably still does have a couple years left. But to me, that's the kind of move that you make if you think that you're going to win the Super Bowl next year. Yes. It, it's kind of like what the Bears did with Khalil Mack. That's, what, that's why one of the reasons the Raiders went and got him is they thought they were on the edge. Yeah, exactly. And it turns out this year's been a disaster for them. But uh, like, like I said, with the Mac trade, right? Like It's kind of like, hey, we're going to mortgage the future and we're going to go all in on this year. Uh, that, that's kind of what it would be like if you were to trade for Devontae Adams, especially if you're trading uh, a second overall pick for him and only getting one other pick in return. And I just don't know that the Bears are in that position. And I think that, uh, number one, it's not even certain that the Raiders will trade Adams. Uh, But if they do, I think it'll probably go to a team that's closer to that Super Bowl content, that window where they're contending for a Super Bowl. I think the Bears should be there in two years, but I don't think they're going to be there next year. And when you're talking about a receiver that I think will be in his ninth year next year, that is in his 30s. I mean, you just don't know how many more great seasons you're going to get out of that guy. It's. I think it might be his 10th season yeah. next year. So, like you said, it just doesn't really necessarily... He fit. has a lot of miles on him. A lot of catches, yeah, yeah. for sure. Especially over the last few years. And, and that... He is a great player, and I'm not saying that he's not. And he right. has had a really good year on a very suspect team, on a very suspect offense with a very suspect quarterback. He, I'm not taking that from him. I'm just saying, if you look at the Bears' personnel, he does not fit. Yeah, it doesn't fit the timeline, really. Uh, if, we, if, if they can get him for, like, a second-round pick that, 
you know, then then maybe that's a different discussion. Uh, I obviously, if they can get him at a reasonable price, then I would be all for it because he is a great player. But I think there's going to be enough demand if the Raiders are looking to trade him that you're going to have to pay a lot. And I just think where this team is, it doesn't make sense to trade uh, first a high first round pick that could, you know, conceivably turn into two or three or four really, really important young players for a receiver in his 30s. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. It's fun to think about it. It, it, I mean, the Bears have a ton of cap room, and they have a lot of resources, so this isn't the last discussion of this nature that we're going to hear. But if they're going to trade all that, I I would prefer it to be for someone younger is is probably the takeaway. So uh, I went, after that rumor came out, I went to look at Pro Football Reference and see what the situation is with receivers. And out of the top 20 receivers, um, there was three players that were 29 and older. Three. And, you know, Adams was one of them. uh, uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Okay, interesting. All of them are amazing players, right? But none of those guys fit the Bears. You know, I mean, they don't. They're 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 older guys who are still playing great. Travis Kelsey, he he'll probably never leave the Chiefs unless they just like do away with him. I mean, he has the best you know he has the best rapport with his quarterback that you could possibly want, right? Yeah, it's like, and why would you leave there? You're contending for a Super Bowl every year. Yeah, Tyreek Hill is the same way. Why would you want to leave that situation? You got a good young player opposite you. And you're still showing out. I mean, what is it? I, in a lot of spaces, he's one. He's number one, right? Yeah. So, but everybody else is in the 22, 23, 24, 25 range. That is where we need to get a guy from. And one of the, the position that is expanding every single year in size is receiver at every level. I mean, down to freaking peewee. And that is because it is driven by the NFL. This is a passing league. Receivers are the new flavor of the month, and they're going to be that until the until the NFL decides to change rules around, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that uh, Biggs was talking about this week was, is there was there a downtick in pass interference. Actually, there was. It feels like there has been. It was a very small one, actually, and he talked about it. Um, but it was a downtick. And is that is that indications of how we're going to see it in the future, where they do get to get a little bit more physical? Because, you know, for a while there, I'm pretty sure that every every fan in the NFL was going, come on, this is BS. You know, the, the receivers can get away with everything, and the D, the D-backs are fighting to do anything. You know, so, you know, that's that's the kind of give and take that happens in the NFL. Yeah. But but the simple fact of the matter is, is that the overwhelming group is all in their young 20s, and that's where we need to... Uh, that's where we need to see something. Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, and... Another thing to consider here is that they did just trade a, a valuable pick for for Chase Claypool. Yeah, obviously he's not turned out to be a very very choice pick. Yeah, so obviously 
that's not as exciting of a name compared to Devonte Adams, but hopefully he still has yet to realize his full potential and he becomes that, you know, kind of number one, number one, a wide receiver on the bears. So I think the hope for him would be that he has a great year next year and then the bears give him a huge contract. So yep. I don't think that it would make a lot of sense to pair that with Devonte Adams, who I think right now is the highest paid receiver in the league. So, uh, you know, something, it'll be something to monitor. We'll see what the Raiders do. There's another name that came up that was actually interesting to me. Uh, it seems like this is going to be the last year uh, down in Tampa with all that together. What do you think of Mike Evans? So, you know, um, that's a, that's not a bad call out. I don't know how old he is. He's I was thinking, 29. I was going to say 28. So he's, again, he's towards that older veteran group. Um what I would have instead of liked was to steal Chris Godwin in the in the off season, um, but you know nobody knew for sure how he was going to come back from his injury. Uh, well, he's come back pretty dang well. So. Yeah. Is Godwin? Is he? He's not on the franchise tag anymore, right? They extended him. I think they extended him, um, but uh, he, um, you know. It, we we got to have guys that are in that young group. And the reason is, is because right now, uh, hopefully we go into the off season, they sign Mooney again. Mooney, I hope they keep for quite a while um, and move him inside. Well, they don't have to sign him. He's, he's coming back. And the, um, but he, he is due for a new contract. No, he's got one more year. Oh, he does? Yep. Okay. Um, and then he's eligible for a new contract, but he's eligible. And I think they probably will give him one, but the injury complicates it. Right. And, uh, I, I'm also with you on Chase Claypool. I believe that we haven't seen nearly the best football that we're going to see out of him. I think it's premature to say that it was a bad trade. (laughs) Uh, You know, that the whole team is bad and he just came in in the middle of the season and he's hurt and he's hurt. Right. And so, you know, um, we'll see how it com- how it goes after he gets to practice with the whole with the team for a whole offseason. Yeah, I think people just decided they didn't like the Claypool trade right away, and I, I think that it's it, it hasn't been a great start. Honestly, I mean, he he played in a few games. He didn't really make much of an impact after the first one, and then he had the knee injury. So it sounds like he might come back this week um, if he gets two more games under his belt. We'll see if he's a little bit more involved, but I'm not judging the trade until he's had a, a off season and a training camp to get to know his teammates in the offense. So I, I think that for me, I've still got a lot of hope that he'll be a really productive receiver. And um, I think that, uh, like, like, like I said, I just think a lot of people have kind of had a negative attitude about it and I get why, but I'm, I'm giving him some time. So uh, a, a player that I've brought up a few times, and I, I admit I don't know the entire deal with him, what it would take, but T. Higgins is going into his fourth year. That means he is eligible for a new contract. He should be RFA in the offseason. And I looked at his numbers, and considering that he, has, he, that he plays opposite one of the best receivers in the NFL, that guy has some great numbers. Mm-hmm. He's improved his um, uh, his volume of catches, his catch percentage, his yards, and his touchdowns every single year he's been in the NFL. This year, 
71.6% catch percentage. Yeah, he's awesome. You know, and and this guy is big, he's fast, and he was doing it before Chase got there. So he's been, to me, he has been playing borderline top flight. And I think that he is a guy that if we brought in and said, you're going to be the number one guy, he would fit that role. Yeah, and 23 years old, that's right in that age range that you said earlier. It's just... With him, it's a matter of, number one, like, do the Bengals need to... 23, and he's a three-year veteran. Yeah, it's like, so the Bengals, like, number one, like, do they need to get rid of him? Like, is it just a salary cap thing, or can they work it out? If they can work it out, I'm sure they're going to try to keep him. Um, and then if they do decide that they want to trade him, it's just how much is it going to cost? So. And see, and that's the thing is, is that with him being a second-round pick, that works in our favor. Because they're going to have to tender him. And if they want to tender him as a one, they have to increase his salary. Where are they getting the money from? I mean, they they they're one of the worst. They have one of the worst salary cap situations of any team in the NFL. So I, you know, I, that's what I'm waiting to see. Also, do they tender him just as a second, or do they decide to tender him as a first rounder? You know, even if they do t- tender him as a first rounder, do they tender him as a high first rounder where you get two first round picks if somebody takes him? I don't think they have the money to do that. But anyway, it's a situation to monitor. He's a good young football player. I think he's really shown that on the field. Like you said, he's young, and he's not a first-round pick. So there could be some uh, some leverage there. Yeah, I, it, it's all all on the table, right? I think, obviously, like, T. Higgins in a Bears uniform, that's probably everybody's best-case scenario. <laughs> it's just like, you know, do, do you have the, the resources to make it work, and do the Bengals even want to move him? So it's definitely something to monitor. Um, it might be that they end up with none of these guys, but uh, going into this offseason, like I said, I mean, there's just so many different ways that the Bears can invest their money and their draft picks. It, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, yeah, that's all I really have on kind of – that topic did you want to move into power rankings yeah right before we jump into that one thing i did want to ask you about so uh, we were talking we, we touched a little bit and we'll, we'll talk about this more as the, as the seasons go but it right now if you had to if you were in the gmc and you have the number two overall pick right now just what would you lean towards would you lean towards a trade or would you lean towards a defensive player, or would you lean towards an offensive guy? I would lead towards the trade, just because there's so many holes on the roster. Yeah, I just I just tend to think that the more good players you can get in here, just you know, the, the more competitive the roster will be. Yeah. Um, if they think that, like Jalen Carter, for example, could be like a Hall of Fame three technique, maybe that changes my answer for a little bit, but. Um, I think at a high level, just because there's so much to do, I would prefer to add some additional picks this year and next year. Well, and it's interesting that you mention that because the talking heads are all saying that Jalen Carter is the best player in the draft. Yeah. Um, he is uh, number ranked number one by all the guys that I pay attention to. And they're saying he is a generational talent. Now, of course, you know, that's, uh, that's what happens before the draft, Right. right? But uh, the guy has been a beast in arguably the best defense in college football. And uh, that is, you know, that's the spot, right? Well, 
our defensive line is awful. <laughs> and, yes. and so uh, that yes, is, is something, it's, it, it's, it has to be a big focal point. So that's one of the things I, I'm, I'm intrigued about is, you know, I, my first go-to is trade down, get more guys. But the only way you get your hands on one of these top flight defensive line guys or one of the top flight offensive line guys for that matter is with those top picks. That's how you get one of those guys. And when it comes to rushing the quarterback or being a guy that just, you know, you have to double team and triple team that guy, that's where you get him, right? I mean, I would have killed to get Aaron Donald. I wanted him so bad. And the fact that we came within one pick of getting him, you know, I mean, but that's the thing. All all the guys Ryan Pace traded up for and he couldn't trade up for him. (laughs) That might have been, that might have been Emery. I don't know if that was a fair comment or not. I think, no, I think that was, that was Pace. Funny joke, nonetheless. Yeah. But, you know, all I'm saying is, is that, that, that's a generational talent. And the only way you can get that kind of guy is being way, willing to to sling that pick, right? And say, you know what? I could get more if I traded down, but this guy, I got to have him. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it, it all depends on, like, who Ryan Poles has his eyes on right now. Because if, if you know, assuming the Bears don't win, like, these last two games, um, then they're going to be able to pick any non-quarterback that they want, assuming that's what they want to do. And maybe he doesn't want Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. Maybe he thinks that, I don't know, maybe he thinks that Jonathan Smith and Jigba could be Justin Jefferson. (laughs) Or maybe he thinks that the tackle out of Northwestern could be, like, uh, all pro for the next 10 years at left tackle. Like, we don't know what player he wants, but he's going to have his pick, and... I think it's just, all right, can we trade down and still get that guy? Or do we have to just bite the bullet and say, yes, we could get some more draft picks, but I can't miss this guy. It's it's a really interesting conversation, and it all comes down to how they have each of these top picks evaluated internally and how valuable they think they are relative to you know trading down and getting more picks. So as much as I'd like to say, you know, trade down, can't trade down forever. At some point, you gotta you gotta take you gotta pull that trigger. You, you gotta you gotta get that impact player. So well, and uh, we'll we'll see. Also, uh, as you know, as we move uh, towards the off season, um, you know, we'll start to see, of course, more buzz about the draft. Uh, how uh, uh, Levi from uh, Kentucky, how he plays into it because. Uh, there's a lot of buzz about him. He's certainly going to go farther up the board. I think right now people are thinking he's going to be a mid first round pick. I have a feeling he's going to get that quarterback bump, uh, and he'll end up being in, in, in at least that top 10. Okay. So, uh, right on to, uh, the power rankings. We'll do a brief power rankings here, uh, week 17 power rankings. And in addition to the power rankings, we checked in with NFL Nation reporters across the league and asked them to name a defining moment from the NFL 2022 calendar year for each team. So, uh, of course, the Chiefs are number one this week uh, because the Eagles lost. Uh, they moved up from number three to number one, and their defining moment, pretty, uh, pretty clear, trading Tyreek Hill. 
Uh, the number two team is the Philadelphia Eagles, who dropped after they uh, uh, after they uh, lost and without Hurts out there. Obviously, Hurts uh, is um, a big storyline because if that injury actually keeps him out of games that are the real deal, uh, that changes that team completely. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that if it's a serious game, he could uh, he'll he'll be out there. Yeah, it'll be fine. Um, they said that the defining moment for them was a thirty-five ten win over the Titans in Week Thirteen uh, because they it, it showed their physicality. So, and then uh, the Bills are the number three team. Um, they uh, they they moved there after uh, beating up on the on the Bears, but. So the first uh, NFC North team is the Vikings at number seven. They were number seven. They stayed at number seven. Defining moment, Justin Jefferson converting on fourth and 18. Hard to argue with that one. Hard to argue with that one. In in, uh, an incredible catch at an incredible moment. Um, You know, and the the fact that... uh, uh, they <laughs> that Cousins still couldn't get in, and they still didn't get a touchdown. Uh, but uh, Josh Allen gave him one. Um, you know that that was a that was a pretty in, in, incredible win. Uh, for me, it actually works against the, the Vikings, though, trying to prove that they're a Super Bowl ready team. Uh, the the three best teams that they played in the NFL, they got destroyed by two of them, and the other one they beat on a fluke. Did, now, and I'm not talking about the fluke being that catch. That catch was all about skill. Uh, I'm talking about most of the time you're not going to see the opposing quarterback, you know, fumble the ball uh, for to yeah. let let the team tie up the game. Uh, but um, uh, you know, what are you thinking of that Vikings team as we move towards the towards the playoffs? Um, I mean, they haven't been very impressive. <laughs> um, I mean. The last what have their last two games been the Colts and the Giants and they could have easily lost both of those in the dome up here. Um, How about the greatest win in the history of wins? Which one was that? The the greatest comeback uh, win against the four win team that they shouldn't have been down thirty three to zero in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, they they keep winning. Uh, I mean, the Giants are a playoff team, so they, they beat them. But I don't really think anybody thinks the Giants are, are great. No. Um, you know, it's this this week's going to tell us a lot about the Vikings. Uh, going to Lambeau, um, I, I mean, I think both the Packers and the Vikings are, are pretty evenly matched. I do, they, too. I think they're both fairly mediocre. I don't think anybody's really going to be scared of either of them in the playoffs. Well, it, it's a division game. Yeah. So, you know, throw out the records. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Vikings, uh, just, it's going to depend who they play in the first round. If they play the Giants or if they play Washington up here, then I think they'll win. And I think that'll probably be the only game they win. I don't think they're going to beat San Francisco or Dallas or Philly or uh, Green Bay if they get in. I think Green Bay would beat them in the playoffs because I just think Rodgers is better than Cousins. And I think that's what it would come down to because I think the teams are – very, very evenly matched otherwise. Obviously, the Vikings have the best player on the field in that situation in Jefferson, but um, I just think that they've you know, just shown this year that that's not enough for them to 
really put a lot of distance between themselves and these other teams, even when the other team isn't very good. I mean, I think the Vikings have won like 12 one-possession games or something. I mean, yeah. that's a testament to them, but it's also not sustainable. It's not sustainable. At some point, you uh, you end up on the choking end of that. Uh, the Lions are number 13, uh, fell just one spot um, from 12. Their defining moment, the loss to the Dolphins on October 30th. After falling to 1-6, and six, Coach Dan Campbell knew he had to make some changes. So after losing to Miami, the Lions let go of defensive backs Aubrey Pleasant and traded, traded Pro Bowl tight end TJ Hawkinson before going on to win six of their next seven games. That is pretty weird that they trade Hawkinson and they better. start playing better. Yeah, he's been a huge disappointment for Minnesota. Too. Yeah, you know, they he, he seems to be a real fan favorite, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think he's really doing anything differently. No, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the Packers uh, have moved up uh, to from 19 to 15. Um, they said that the defining moment, Christian Watson's 58 yard touchdown against the Cowboys, uh, you know, in these last, uh, these last several games, uh, 12 and Watson are, are, are hooking up and, uh, he's been able to find his deep ball guy and Watson's got, you know, size and speed to get those jump balls, uh, looking pretty good right now. Yeah, uh, the Packers, if they win out, are still alive. Um, problem with them is that they need a little help. Uh, they need Washington to lose a game. So now Washington this week plays the Browns. So that's kind of a toss-up. But assuming Washington wins and they're playing at home, and the last week it's Washington at Dallas, and it's going to be a game that's completely meaningless for the Cowboys. <laughs> the Cowboys are going to be lost. So like, if you're the Cowboys, right, and like the scenario is like, if we win this game and let – Rodgers in or if we lose and let Carson Wentz in and it's it's meaningless for us either way don't you just let Carson Wentz in like, yeah do you, do you want to introduce Aaron Rodgers into the mix there if you're, uh, if you're trying to get through the NFC well then again 12 sucks in the playoffs so <laughs> <laughs> you know there's always that he's, he's not at Lambeau though like if he's at, he'd be playing on the road and you know, potentially, if he's playing at Dallas, he's playing in a dome. Yeah. Like like you said, I mean... No, I'd definitely rather yeah. have Wentz. Yeah, I would, I would much rather, <laughs> uh, yeah, just basically take a team that, all right, Carson Wentz is in, well, they're not going on a run, so that's one fewer team to worry about. So, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, Green Bay, they just took so long to get going, and they probably should have lost last week, too. They uh, were... They, they, they were losing most of the game, and then Tua started just throwing the ball to him. Yep. And then it came out that he might have been playing with a concussion, which makes it less funny. But even so, I mean, if Tua hadn't have thrown those three interceptions in the second half, Green Bay wasn't going to win that game. So right. I, I still don't think they're very good. I think they're very average. Um, but they do still have a chance. So this game up in Lambeau this week is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think that um... – the same thing uh, can be said about literally every Vikings game this year. Um, every Vikings win is throw the ball to Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what's keeping them in the games. It's not Kirk Cousins, it's not Dalvin Cook, it's not Adam Thielen, it's not. It's certainly not their defense. It's all about eighteen. He just is. He's one of. He's arguably the best. In the league right now. Yeah, he's going to win Offensive Player of the Year, most likely. Yeah, it could happen. It's, uh, it's basically between him and Tyreek Hill. 
and now Hill's going to have his backup quarterback in there. So. Yep, yep. Um, so, where are the Bears at? They got to be, what, 29th? 29! Hey, right. uh, Bears are 29, and their defining moment is? I, I would guess it was that game in Foxborough. No. Okay. Trading Khalil Mack. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think back that far either. Um, so, the... Um, and actually, I kind of was thinking it was week one. Yeah. <laughs> because they were such a surprise across the NFL. Yeah, like, I mean, the game in Foxborough is where everyone was kind of like, oh, man, we might have something here with this quarterback. Yeah. But uh, defining moment, trading Colomac, the 2022 season in Chicago is defined by the massive real rebuilding efforts this franchise underwent to lay the foundation for a sustainable and successful operation. Started with Ryan Pohl sending the Pro Bowl linebacker to the Chargers for picks and continued when the first-year manager let more than 20 players from last season's team walk in free agency. Culminated with Poles trading defensive end Robert Quinn and linebacker Roquan Smith at the deadline. Bears learned two very important things this season. Justin Fields is their franchise quarterback, and everything this front office does needs to be geared toward building around him on offense. Courtney Cronin. Yeah, that's right. That's what we've been saying all year. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, that's really all that matters. It, it, it is it is the focus. I think that there are several players on this team who are going to turn out to be nice surprises. There, um, But it, it, as it is right now, it's all about number one. I, I completely agree with that. So who's behind, who's behind the Bears? Uh, the Texans. Yes. Cardinals. Yes. And... Colts? Nope. Okay. Broncos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Broncos are in dead last. What was the Broncos? Is the Broncos defining moment the Russ Wilson dread? Nope. Your favorite. Firing of head coach Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know. That, I, didn't, that didn't go well for, uh, wow, for Coach you know, Hackett. <laughs> yeah, it, it just, you know, I guess uh, sometimes you just bet on the wrong horse, and, and that would turned out to be. See, do you think that, um, so the Texans defining moment, benching Davis Mills. Well, Mills has now back, come right? back, and he's played okay. Um, but do you think they they uh, try to draft a quarterback, or do you think they try and stick with Mills? They're going with they're 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 gonna take Bryce Young. Uh, it, I don't see how they can't they they can't take one of those guys. And, and, unless they screw it up and win one of these last two games, like they're they're gonna be picking first, and they're gonna be picking Bryce Young. Yeah, I, I, I just can't see any way that you pass on one of those two. In favor of Davis Mills. Yeah, you, you, that, you, you've you got a, a potential franchise guy sitting there. Um, you know, Bears fans were, were talking about this. We were talking about this at the beginning of the 2022 season. You know, what happens if if uh, Fields totally bombs this year, and, you know, and, the, and they have one of those top two picks, you know, what are they doing? But, um, yeah, the Davis Mills is, is, is at least... For, for the for the limited time being, not going to be a franchise quarterback. You got one of those guys, you, you take him. Yep, I agree. Which one of them is smaller? I don't know. I, I forget which one. Um, one of the two, I, I think it's Bryce Young, um, is only like five ten. So I don't know how much of that will be a factor um, in in 
you know, uh, in which one goes first. But I still firmly believe that the top two picks are going to end up being um, those two, uh, one and two. And so Stroud is 6'3", and Bryce Young is 6 feet. Yeah, 6 feet. According to Wikipedia, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah, well, the way I get understand it is he's actually shorter than 6 feet. But, they, you know, that, that doesn't necessarily matter. Russell Wilson is a perfect example of that. Drew Brees is another perfect example of that. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, he's also incredibly accurate. Yep. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, all that works out. Okay, so... Heading over before we uh, finish out here, we'll take a quick spin around the league and we'll uh, start with uh, Green Bay and Minnesota. Yeah, real quick. I mean, we already touched on this a little bit. I like Green Bay this week. I think Rodgers is better than Cousins. I know that everybody remembers week one where Justin Jefferson ran all over the Packers and he might do that again. But Christian Watson catches that long touchdown on the first play of the game. I think that game looks a little bit different. I think Green Bay is playing better than they were at that point of the year. And I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a a fun game. I'm actually really excited for it. Uh, I I think it will come down to to Cousins. It's kind of an obvious statement. But I kind of get the feeling that this is either going to be a game where, like, Kirk Cousins is great, in which case they'll win, or it's going to be one of those classic Kirk Cousins games where he throws three picks, in which case the Vikings will lose. I think the Packers are going to score. It's just going to be, depending on if Cousins can hold serve, and I, I tend to think that Green Bay is going to get this one. Well, um, so the matchup predictor is with you. Uh, 60% for Green Bay and 40% for Minnesota. Green Bay by 3.5 is the spread there. Uh, I'm going with you. I believe that uh, the Packers also uh, win this game. Um, I do think that uh, that connection uh, between 12 and Watson uh, is is the difference maker there? Um, I don't know if the Vikings really get that momentum going at this game that they need. Um, they're obviously a, be- a a better team at home than on the road, and uh, I think that um, Green Bay, with uh, with as close as they are to pre- to, to getting into the playoffs. Um, 12 is enough to, to make that difference. Uh, it does say that Watson right now is questionable. I don't know whether that, uh, I think he's going to play. I think, okay. I think I saw that. So, you know, um, uh, that, uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, I agree with you though. I think, I think they, uh, they squeeze that one out. And, uh, of course then, uh, that's, uh, uh, Chicago and Detroit. I mean, this could be a fun game. Uh, Goff plays really well at home. Fields, I think, now that he's going to get out of the frigid weather, I think he'll be able to move the ball just like he did the first time the Bears played Detroit. So I think uh, this game could kind of be a surprisingly high-scoring one. I also don't with, like the Bears. Like I don't know if they've had any like trick plays or anything like that that they've kind of been dying to run. But <laughs> this, this might be like the last opportunity for some of that stuff. It's kind of a, a throwaway game. Uh, it's indoors. You know, I know they've got another game, but it's at Soldier, so maybe not as conducive with the weather. So I, I, I don't know if we'll maybe see some kind of trickery. Maybe I, I kind of get that vibe here because. It, it is just kind of a, a meaningless game at the end of the year. But obviously, the Bears are, are playing fields. It sounds like they're getting some other guys back, too. I think 
I saw Whitehair and Jenkins were both going to play and potentially Claypool too, as I mentioned before. So um, it's going to be, uh, I, I don't really know. I, I mean, obviously I think the, the, the Lions are better. I, I think they'll win. I think they're going to be able to score pretty much every time they have the ball. Um, and we'll just see what Fields does. I, I hope he plays well and I hope the Bears lose like 40 to 38. <laughs> That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with Detroit. Uh, the matchup predictor has them 68% versus 32 for the Bears. Uh, I do think that um, uh, the, the the Lions um, keep uh, their hopes their their playoff hopes alive. Um, you know, uh, Jared Goff has played pretty well this year. I'm still not sold on him as their as their guy. Um, but you know, uh, if they, uh, it looks like they're going to go into next year at, with him as the guy. That's what they say. And, um, uh, but I, he is, you know, just about every quarterback that's played against the bears. has <laughs> looked like the guy. Yeah. So, um, they certainly have, uh, uh, the, the weapons to, to torch the bears defense. Um, I, I'm also with you on I'd love to see uh, uh, our offense bounce back uh, some this week. Uh, and it would be it would be nice to see um, some fields uh, Claypool connections going on. And uh, yeah, a, 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 four, a, a 40 to, to 35 win or 38 win would be would be pretty fun to watch. I mean, it'll probably be a pretty good crowd up there, too. Should be. Uh, it's been the best Lions season in like what three decades yeah <laughs> and it's their last home game and they are still alive for the playoffs so you'd think it'll be a packed house and you think that those lions fans will be pumped up and, and ready to go uh so i don't know i think it should be a fun one uh it was a close game when they played at soldier and i i think it'll be close i don't know if the bears will win but i have a feeling they're at least going to cover that spread so I'd take that for what it's worth if you're looking to throw down a couple bucks on the game uh but yeah i think like you said i mean um hopefully uh a high scoring affair that ends in a loss yeah i want to i want to see um some some more movement out of the offense than last week it was really it was just bad yeah yeah they couldn't they couldn't do anything yeah and you know they're going to be playing in a dome this time um i'd like to uh you know that also gives it that gives fields a chance to show off his speed Man, that guy is fast. Um, it's uh, it, it should hopefully it is a fun game, um, and uh, and, and we do uh, we, we get to see maybe that uh, that connection that we're looking for with uh, with Claypool. So uh, that's about it for uh, this week. Uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, go Bears! Yeah, have a good New Year's Eve. Stay safe out there.